Hometown Christmas is great. Um, I, in the first 15 minutes, we had over 300 people enter and just continued to have that kind of crowd just continuing pressing through uh, from 3 o'clock uh, uh, to 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock. It was spectacular. Lighting of the Christmas tree, snow falling. I have two granddaughters. Granddaughter Nora, granddaughter Lucy, both of them had a spectacular time. Uh, and it was marvelous and uh, just connected with so many families and so many people from the seven cities of Hampton Roads. It was marvelous. Uh, regrettably, uh, we're not able to do it this afternoon because of the uh, uh, torrential rain that shall be hitting us if it's not already. Uh, and we determined <clears throat> that it's going to be better for us not to try to do it. And so we made the call on Friday that we would go ahead and adjust and uh, we will be having our five o'clock worship gathering in the chapel and uh, uh, encourage all of y'all to be here for that if you if you so desire uh, but we're not going to be doing hometown Christmas <clears throat> I don't know how many of y'all have ever felt like um, the uh, the character Clark Griswold in um, the Christmas movie called a Christmas vacation and I I know, I realize that not everybody is familiar with Clark Griswold. Clark uh, is a character uh, that uh, uh, is kind of a bumbling, fumbling, uh, naive, uh, goofish uh, person. Uh, in Christmas Vacation, he really brings that to the forefront. His family kind of uh, is you know, they put up with him, but he is, he is just a fumbling, bumbling kind of guy. But one thing about Clark Griswold is he goes all in, and whenever he's in, he's all in. And at Christmas vacation, what he did, had all the family gathered together, and he's trying to make the most of the memories and, and celebrate the, the traditions. And one of the things he loves to do, apparently, is uh, decorate his, the outside of his house with Christmas lights. And so he brings his son, uh, Russ, with him, and they start putting up Christmas lights. They, uh, and, and at the end of putting up all the Christmas lights, after all the mishaps and funny slapstick comedy kind of moments that happen there, uh, you see Clark there with the, uh, the, the plugs in his hand, the extension cord, electrical plugs in his hand. He's brought his family outside, and he begins, he says, 250 strands of uh, Italian bulbs, uh, Italian lights, 25,000 lights that are now upon this roof. And he says, ask for a drum roll. And he asks the family, start doing a drum roll. And they go, blah, 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 blah. And, and that's funny in itself. A drum roll with the family. He's standing there poised. And as he's just about to plug the plugs in, he starts singing, joy to the world. And it, goofy. Anyway, he puts the plug in, no lights. The anticipation, the, 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 the moment uh, where everything's supposed to be lit up and nothing happens. I don't know if you've ever been there. I, I've been there. Uh, oh, what's even worse is sometimes you uh, check all the bulbs. You, you go through all the, the, the intricacies of, of making sure that the strands are right. And, and, and you plug it in and 
nothing happens. Or the bottom half of the tree is lit and the top half of the tree is not. Just this week, Edie, uh, we've been trying for several years. I don't know how many years. Several years, we've, we've had to run extension cords because we can't get one of our plugs to work for Christmas decoration. It's an outside plug, so we can't get it to work. So we've been running extension cords. And, and my beautiful wife said, I, you know, it used to work. It, it's got to work again. And, and I'm, you know, being, well, you know, that whole thing. And, and, and she, it's got to be something, got to be something. And so finally, just this week, we realized, or she pointed out, maybe, maybe, the outside plug's not plugged in the way it should be. And, it, and I'm like, well, all right. come on, I've checked the plugs. You know what happened? It wasn't plugged in. And now, because it's plugged in, light will come on from that outside plug. It's marvelous. It's wonderful. But the only thing that was lacking was it, it wasn't plugged into a source, an electrical source. So much of our lives, we spend wandering around, fumbling around in darkness because we are not plugged in to the light that gives us life. And Christmas is a reminder of the only light that can give us life. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, Isaiah is talking to the children of Israel. He says, uh, those who dwelt in the land of the shadow, uh, those who dwelt in darkness, who, who are living in the land of the shadow. He's, he's talking about us. He's talking about us living in distance from light. Now, darkness is a, is a metaphor in the Old Testament as well as reality. We walk outside after 530, it's dark. But when it talks about darkness in Isaiah 9-2, he's talking about more than just the absence of daylight. He's talking about despair. He's talking about doom. He's talking about gloom. He's talking about the absence of life. We know this because in John chapter 1, verse 4, when Jesus comes on the scene of human history, John the Apostle describing Jesus coming on the scene of human history says, in Jesus is life, and that life is the light of humanity. We know that where there is absence of light, there is darkness. And in Scripture, in Isaiah 9, 2, he's talking about not just the absence of Daylight. He's talking about the absence of hope because you don't have life. He's saying you're walking around in darkness. Why do we walk around in darkness? Well, we walk around in darkness because of sin. Now, get this. We know, and, and if you are a follower of Jesus, you know this. I know this. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you have an inclination that you might know this. But sin gives darkness room to dance in our soul. Because of our sin, we're separated from God, and that separation gives darkness, doom, gloom, despair, room to dance in our soul. And sometimes it's not sin. Circumstance can do it. Many of y'all are entering this season, and you are not happy about it. And it's understandable. Maybe it's oh, the the memories that this season awakens for you, and those aren't happy memories. Maybe it's 
um, facing this season, having experienced a great loss in, in your life. And this season only heightens the awareness of that loss in your life. And whatever the reason, this season doesn't produce joy because your circumstances don't produce joy. But the truth of the matter is, the joy that we can have because of Christmas is more profound than our circumstances and more powerful than sin itself because Listen to what the angel said, Luke chapter 2. All right, so the angel is announcing the birth of Jesus, what we're celebrating at Christmas. He says, don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great, great what? Great joy, which will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David the Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Jesus comes and he is the reason for joy. The sum and the whole of joy is found in Jesus. Get this. The sum and the whole of joy is found in Jesus, not your circumstance. Not your situation. Beyond your struggle, your trouble, or your pain. When we look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, listen to how the prophet describes it. He says, those who dwelt in the land of shadow have seen a great light. Those who walked in darkness have seen a great light. To those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them the light has shined. And who is this light? It is Jesus. Jesus is the one. And yet so many of us still fumble and bumble around in darkness. Why? Because we're not connected to Jesus. We turn on all kinds of switches in our life trying to find a little joy and we're missing it all because we're not connected to Jesus. The reason we know he's talking about Jesus is because Isaiah 9 verse 6. Isaiah 9 6 is the, the declaration that Jesus has come. This leader who will change everything for us. Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Last week we looked at Jesus as the Wonderful Counselor. Wonder is a term If you remember, wonder is a term that describes the things that only God can do. Wonderful counselor is that that this leader, this Jesus, is the one who will give us the perfect counsel, the counsel from God himself, the kind of counsel that leads, advice that leads to a life that only God can give. This morning, we're looking at the second title of Jesus. He is mighty God. Now, if you'll just hold on with me for a second, we'll get to, we'll get to a piece where you'll like, yeah, that sounds like Christmas. But let me, let me dig here for a second, okay? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. A couple of things about that phrase. In, 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 there are two verbs, okay? Born and given. Unto us 
a child is born. Unto us a son is given. That sounds synonymous, but it's not. They're, they're, they're pointing to different realities, I believe. Looking back from the New Testament to the Old Testament, we can see that there is something unique about that language. The child being born, the child being um, like all children are born. Mary gave birth to Jesus in Bethlehem, and that, was, that, that seemed kind of normal. But if you know the backstory, you know it wasn't anything normal about it. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, the prophet had already said that there is a ruler who is coming, and he is going to be, um, he is going to be conceived in a miraculous way. And he's going to have a unique name, and that unique name is Emmanuel, God with us. We read a little bit of, uh, 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 at the earlier part of the service. We read Matthew 1, uh, verse 23, when the angel says to Joseph, he said, Don't be afraid to take Mary to be your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And you'll, conceive, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll give this, this child's name, Jesus, for he'll uh, save his people from their sin. And all this is fulfilled that uh, what was spoken by God through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. That this young lady, this chaste one, give miraculous birth to a son and you're going to call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. As unique on the scene of human history, something that couldn't be replicated or produced by, by human hands. So when in Isaiah 9, 6, unto us a child is born, he's talking about this child being born, this, this human being born. It's a, it's a human act to give birth to a child. And that child will have human characteristics. A child will be born. But then the second phrase in 9-6, a son will be given. Unto us, a son is given. That's different. That's different language. A son is given. Given by whom? Given by God. Unto us, a son is given. It's, it's talking about this Emmanuel, God with us, being born fully human, but being given as God, by God, to us. So in 9-6, when he says, unto us a child is born, he's talking about the humanity of Jesus. Unto us a son is given. He's talking about the deity of Jesus. And I, 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 I don't have time to unpack the Godhead and the Trinity. I don't have enough time in all the sermons I've ever preached to unpack and, and define the Trinity. But, but this is a picture of the Trinity, that Jesus is God. It's what John was saying in John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is and always has been God. John 1, 14, and the Word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, who is God, became man. For unto us a child is born. This is Jesus being born as man. Unto us a son is given. This is Jesus who is God becoming flesh. Jesus is fully God, yet he is fully man. In fact, what we see in the titles at the rest of verse 6 of Isaiah 9, what we see is that it's a description of God himself. We looked last week. Wonder, wonderful counselor. Wonder is um, titles describing the activity of God alone. To give counsel that is wondrous is to give counsel that only God can give. And now we have this 
this, this uh, second title. He is El Gabor. He is the mighty God. If you were to look in Isaiah chapter 10, you would see that mighty God is the exact phrase, the exact words to describe God, creator of the heavens and the earth, who, who casts the winds down and tames the hurricane and parts the Red Sea. This is mighty God. So when we see that Jesus is called mighty God, we see that God has come on the scene of human history in the person of Jesus. This is God with us. He is mighty God. Make no mistake, Jesus is and always has been God, and he is mighty. Now, why does that matter? Well, it matters for those who belong to him. It it, it matters because it changes the way we live our lives if we're connected to Jesus. Clark Griswold putting the plugs together, the problem was the switch wasn't turned on. And some of us have been getting in this room and you've been gathering with people, maybe just at special times like today or maybe other times or maybe once every blue moon, you get, you get in this room, you hang out with other people and you think that's enough. You think that being in the room is sufficient and, and, and I understand that. I used to live that way a long time ago that uh, I'm a Baptist preacher's kid. I ought to be all right with God. I memorize scripture. I ought to be right with God. I, I pray every day. I ought to be right with God. I write In my prayer journal, I ought to be right with God. I'm at church every single time we have a worship gathering. I ought to be right with God. I go to Sunday school. I go to church training union. Y'all don't even know what that is, some of you. I was in the RAs. That's the old Baptist version of Cub Scouts. I was in the RAs. I, I did all those things, and I thought, man, I ought to be right, all right with God, but, but that's, that's not what connects you. That's checking all the light bulbs, making sure they're on without being plugged into the power source. The only way you and I can experience the blessings of Christmas, the only way you and I can find joy at Christmas is to be connected to Jesus. To be connected to Jesus means that I abandon myself in the arms of Jesus who died for my sin and was raised from the dead. It means that I no longer am trying to earn my rightness with God, but now I abandon myself fully into the arms of the only one who can make me right with God. His name is Jesus, after all, the angel said. You you call him Jesus, why? Because he is the deliverer. He's the one who's going to rescue from your sin. He's mighty God. He alone has the power to rescue you from your sin. When we connect to Jesus by faith, repenting our sin, placing our trust in Jesus, and in that moment that we enter into God's family, we are forgiven forever because of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross in our place for our sin. And by the Spirit of God applying that rescuing grace to our lives, we are now made fit for God's family. So now we are sons, we are daughters, we're no longer strangers and foreigners. We're part of this covenant relationship with a holy God where he commits to be with us and he commits to be for us. Here is joy. Here it is. Not that people sent us a Christmas card or that I got, what do you call that cake that nobody likes? That fruitcake, I got a fruitcake from somebody special. A joy is not that I got the present that I always hoped for. 
Joy is turning on the switch and finding myself in a relationship with holy God through faith in Jesus Christ. And friends, if you don't know that joy or if you're uncertain, if you've got that joy, then solve it. Solidify that relationship. It means you enter into a covenant with holy God and he enters into a covenant with you so that you are safe, so that you are secure, so that you are always in the grip of his grace, so that he swallows you up in his peace and it all begins and ends and is summed up in the person of Jesus. The joy of Christmas is Jesus. Now, who is this Jesus? He's mighty God. He's mighty God. Mighty God. Good gracious. We, we have joy in Jesus, and Jesus gives us the strength in his hands. We have joy because God delivers the joy of strength through Jesus. It's not just a Christmas event. It is our life now. God delivers the joy of strength through Jesus to those who are connected to Jesus. And if you're connected to him, then you've got strength. What kind of strength? You've got the strength of the mighty God at your disposal. I mean, just we've got the joy of strength found in God's presence more than just presence more and it's not partnership although I could use that term to describe um, it, it, it is it is God being with us again going back to Isaiah seven fourteen, Jesus is called God with us he's talking about a relationship between his people and himself it's not God far away It's not God way out there somewhere. It's not God distanced from us. It's not God far from us. It is God with us. When we connect to Jesus, God delivers to us the joy of strength found in Jesus. And that means that we have the joy of God's presence. In his presence is the fullness of joy, the psalmist said. God with us means That he literally is hand in hand with us. That he literally is by our side leading the way. Again, it's not just some religious idea. It, It is a relationship as real as my relationship with my wife. And hers with me. It's it's that kind of relationship so that every morning I wake up and I have the security of knowing the light is on. God is with me. And when God is with me, I have strength. We have the joy of God's presence that that, that gives us strength. I I, got to believe this is something of what Paul was thinking in Romans 80. He's saying, look, look. And persecution is going to come. People are going to harangue us. Things, bad things are going to happen. But we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He, he, said, he said, if God is for us, who then can be against us? 
It's, it's this picture that God is holding us up and leading us along, and we are submitted to him, and he is giving us all the strength we need. And when we have God's strength, the, the strength of the mighty God on our side, then we are secure. We have joy. This season brings about a sense of isolation for many. You, you feel alone. And in that isolation, you feel weak. But then someone comes along and knocks at your door. They have a Christmas carol to give or a Christmas gift to share. They just want to sit and drink a little eggnog with you. It just, it's just the joy of presence. Not P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. But the joy of presence, P R E S E N C E. <laughs> we find joy when we're together. Perfect joy comes when we are connected to God with us. He's here, He's with you through Jesus. So God provides joy through Jesus because he gives us strength. Mighty God applied to our life. But that is mighty God with us. Can I give you a picture of what it means, mighty God, to be with us? Mighty God be with us means that the storm might rage. The literal hurricane might come sweeping down the Sea of Galilee, but I don't have to be afraid. Because God is with me. Jesus is in the boat. He's mighty God. He stands up and he rebukes the wind and the wave. And he tells them to be quiet. And they stop and are hushed. Friends, if you're connected to Jesus, that's, that's what it means for the mighty God to be with you. And we might even cry out with the disciples when, when the storm was raging all around and they cry out. You remember how, what they said? They said, now, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? Jesus kind of looks at them. It's like, dude, do you know who you've got in the boat? Here I am, and I'm with you. You're with me. And he stands up and he stops the storm. Mighty God with us, whatever the storm is, whatever the unmanageable moments that you're facing, whatever the mountains that, 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 that just won't move today, cling to the God who is clinging to you and trust him. And he'll give you victory beyond your capacity. He is the mighty God who gives us the joy of strength found in his presence. He is the mighty God who gives us the joy of strength found in his provision. Now, you got to walk with me a little bit on this, okay? So, Isaiah 9, verse 6. I've already talked about the two verbs, 
right? But there's a prepositional phrase connected to both those verbs. In the New King James Version, it is, for unto us a child is born. Unto us, prepositional phrase. And then, for unto us a son is given. Unto us, a prepositional phrase. You might say, well, why in the world are you worried about a prepositional phrase? Because those three letters in the Hebrew alphabet combined together in that context give me greater joy than volumes of Shakespeare's literature or Charles Dickens. Those three letters in the Hebrew alphabet in that context mean that God is for me. He's for me. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. God um, moved miraculously in the lives of Mary and Joseph, moved miraculously in the biochemical responses, who uh, did something that had not ever, ever been done before and will not be done since. God took Mary and by his Holy Spirit conceived his son, fully God, yet fully man. And he did that unto us so that the power of mighty God might be applied to those who belong to him by faith so that we might be the beneficiaries unto us so that we might be the beneficiaries of his great power in time and in eternity so that we might be the recipients of this great power that brings God great glory and brings us great good, so that you and I could live moment by moment, piece by piece, step by step, uphill, downhill, twists, turns, tornadoes, hurricanes, whatever. I'm going to be okay because the creator of the universe is with me. Not only that, he is for me. Jesus, born at Christmas, the mighty God, come, to, uh, come, come to, to the plane of human history means that God is for you so that you can live in the security and the comfort and the power and the joy of God's great provision. Jesus is the mighty God who rescues us from our sin. He is the mighty God who tames the wind and the whirlwind. He is the mighty God who moves mountains and puts them into the sea. He is the mighty God who takes care of us, who cares for us in our relationships, in our emotions, in our finances. <laughs> it is an amazing thing that God with us is also God for us. And his for us includes the most intricate details of your life circumstance. If you are connected to Jesus by faith. See, the key component of Christmas is connecting to Jesus. You will not experience joy apart from him. And you definitely will not experience the power of his provision and presence apart from him. 
So today the challenge is for you to take hold Jesus by faith. And if you've done that, to cling ferociously to Jesus each day. In the midst of our struggles and troubles, the mighty God applies his power so that we might live in victory beyond our capacity, so that we might have joy beyond our own manufacture, so we might have life that we didn't make on our own, but that he gave us, so that we might truly celebrate joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let's pray together. Father, in these moments, I pray that you would be with any in the room who is yet to embrace you as Savior and King. If there's someone here who is not yet entered into your family through faith in Jesus, someone online who is not yet entered into your family through faith in Jesus Christ, I pray that you would draw them to yourself even now by your Spirit, that you would give them the courage and the faith to ask the questions of ministers or friends or neighbors here, what does it mean to be connected to Christ by faith? I pray that you would give each of us an opportunity to share the joy that we have in Jesus by sharing the gospel with them. Father, I pray that for followers of Jesus in this room today, that you would anchor us in your presence. Anchored in your presence that we might find joy. And I pray that you would anchor us in the security of your provision as you apply your incomparable power to every life circumstance we face. And now be glorified as we sing our song of praise to you and thanksgiving for the grace you've given us through your death on the cross for our sin and resurrection from the dead. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.